Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, nature nerds, to another a nugget, nuggy time, nugget episode. That's right. Uh, today, Jen will be telling our nugget. Mm-hmm. I am uh, very excited. You should be on the edge of my seat, as you will be once you know what I'm talking about. All right, I'm, I'm going to talk about the cutest cat they found on Mount Everest. <laughs> what? Yes, because we people have been sending us. I know you've seen it. I know you've seen the news. I actually have not. You haven't? I've been in like a social media something. Sorry, fun. Megan's yeah. been, been a little aloof. I've been. <laughs> Your good pal Jen here has been checking all the stuff on yeah. the Instagrams, <laughs> which I usually didn't because Megan always did it. But I maybe would just she, like, she, she kind of had a little burnout. I had, moment. I had a moment. I had a moment. I'd just be like, I, gotta, I can't. It's, you know what? Sometimes you got to take a break from the social media. It's true. I you try get- and like just when I'm in the mood, I just you know read everything it is super entertaining yeah everything that everybody sends it's funny it's entertaining we get stories and news and all kinds of stuff fun stuff yeah yeah but it's not, i think it's 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 nothing personal yeah no it's just social media yeah and then and then to cure my social media i go on to like tiktok and i watch cleaning videos yeah we've talked about this yeah yeah. So just so sometimes you, if I she'll in... send me like twenty five TikToks in a row. She'll be like in this one and this one. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm, like, I'm so sorry, Jen. <laughs> and yeah. Anyway, that's probably not the best way to uh, detox from social that, media. But isn't that social media? Sure, but I'm not like interacting with it. You know, I'm just like scrolling, mind- yeah, mindlessly. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is some really cute news. Go ahead and Google the. Well, I'll, I'll wait. You'll Pal- wait. Palace's you'll cat, P-A-L-L-A-S, apostrophe S, cat. I think I've heard that name before. Just, just go ahead. I'm Everyone, are you doing it? Are you Googling? So there was a new paper that came out in Cat News, which is an actual, like, real life thing. Wait, Did you find it? Cat News yes. is a real thing? It's, like, just news about cats? It's from the Cat Specialist Group, which is, like, oh the real deal. We've yeah. talked about them before. Yes. So they're, yeah, go ahead. Is it this cat? That's that cat right there. This cat looks like... He gives no Fs. This cat has... (laughs) what you think or how you feel. Okay. This is my favorite picture. He's like kind of snarling with like one... Yeah. He looks just like grumpy and a grumpy floof. This looks like the cat from Cinderella that would like stay with the evil stepmom. Oh, what was his name? It's like... Lucifer. Lucifer. That's it. (laughs) This and... cat has a human face. Yes. It's... And he looks he looks like he's over it. <laughs> he's just, just... I like how the eyelids are kind of like... Ha- make yes. the eyes like half. Like I'm... I feel like that's a this, face that I like to make. This cat... People. If this cat were in like a cartoon movie, mm-hmm. this cat would be a DMV worker. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> 100%. For sure. Yes. Over it. Anyway, there's a new paper... That was, as I said, was publishing cat news. Mm-hmm. And they identified the first ever report of a palace cat on Mount Everest. I don't know if we talked about this when you talked about Everest. Mm. The Sagarmatha, is that how you say it? Sagarmatha National Park in Nepal. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
They say it's a groundbreaking finding. Um, oh. And this is a result of this big expedition that in 2019, that National Geographic and the Rolex Perpetual Planet Everest expedition did. Hold, hold on. Was that like... Funded, Rolex was that funded by Rolex? Like, sound, I mean, sounds like it. I mean, they got some money. They got fancy watches. It's they, a thing. They probably took like a photo shoot of someone at the very top of Everest, like checking their Rolex with the diamonds. But then their, but then the skin around the Rolex just freezes off. <laughs> <laughs> it's an immediate frostbite. Yeah, exactly. So they say that it was the most comprehensive single scientific expedition to the mountain in history. Wow. We should talk about that more. We should. Another day. So that was from April 7th through May 2nd, like I said, in 2019. Dr. Tracy Simon of the Wildlife Conservation Society's Zoological Health Program, which is based at the Bronx Zoo. They co-led this expedition field team of scientists who (laughs) collected environmental samples from two locations that were six kilometers or 3.7 miles apart at around the elevation of 5,110 and 5,190 meters. So it's like very specific elevation, which, Mm. you know, at different elevations, you find different things. Yeah. Or that's six around 16,000 to 17,000 elevation along that national park, and that's on the Mount Everest's southern flank. According to Dr. Simon, it is phenomenal to discover proof of this rare and remarkable species at the top of the world. I like that. The nearly four-week journey was extremely rewarding, not just for our team, but for the larger scientific community. And the discover of Palace's cat on Everest illuminates the rich biodiversity of this remote high alpine ecosystem and extends the known range of the species to eastern Nepal. All of those cats are eating those little spiders that I talked about that live on Everest. I vaguely remember that I talked about spiders that live. They're just they're just like batting them down Mm -hmm. and chasing them and eating them. I hope so. I like to think of that. That's my cats do every day. Just bat down spiders. Yeah. Yeah. Grasshoppers. Mine likes to kill the grass. Like some occasionally will fly in and then it's like it's over. Yeah. It's like World War Three in our house. <laughs> okay. So DNA analysis they collected from the scat samples mm-hmm. from both sides confirmed that two palaces cats are there. At least two. At least two. At least two. And they overlap in territory with the red fox. Oh. I want to see a movie about this. Y- yes. Can we? The researchers found evidence of pika and mountain weasel DNA in the samples. Oh. So they're eating weasels. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe spiders are like a or you know like an appetizer. They're know. like the garnish. Right. So that's their food source and then the findings also add a new species to the list of known mammals to the national park, a heavily visited and protected world heritage site. So, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. They say this is a unique discovery, not only in terms of science, but also conservation, as this populations of Paulus's cat legally is legally protected under CITES, which we've talked mm. about CITES. That is a quote from Dr. Anton Simon, which I'm assuming is the husband oh, of maybe. the other. What if they're not related at all? Or brother and sister. I don't it know. It just happens. Everybody's like, oh, you guys are married? This It happens all the time. They go to restaurants. <laughs> They're like, we just happen to have... And it's spelled S-E-I-M-O-N. So... Oh. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, yeah. And he went on to say, we hope that the confirmation of this new charismatic species will raise awareness and education about the diversity of species at this iconic World Heritage Site. So, there's a lot of tourists, I guess, has been increasing. There was like a few thousand... And to this... 
Sagarmatha National Park. Right, right, right. I'm probably saying that completely <laughs> wrong, but you know how it is. So there was a few thousand in the early 70s, and now it's like over 50,000 oh, wow. as of 2019 when they did this study. And no one noticed this cat. And I'm sorry, if you haven't looked it up yet, look it up. Because if you if you saw this cat, you would know and you would remember and you'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Immediately. You'd be like, I just want to just want to squeeze it. It's like I know that they use the word charismatic for charismatic species. But it, whenever you hear that, you think of like something fluffy and like nice looking, like kind looking. Uh-huh. I mean, this is a fluffy cat. Don't get me wrong. But the face. There's like, nothing charismatic it's about It's charismatic in the way that like Grumpy Cat was charismatic. <laughs> exactly. Like, that is, this is the like wild version of Grumpy Cat. Exactly. And I love it. It's so good. They're going to try and set up. They're going to go back out. Probably mm-hmm. couldn't because of, you know, Weather, pandemic things. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. 2019, right? right? 2020. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're going to try to go back out and set up some cameras so that they can get some photos, some, some hopefully. And yeah. also they're going to try and get more scat samples so they can figure I out mean, if there's more than two. Hopefully there's, there's more than two. a lot of scat on Mount Everest. I'm just right? saying. <laughs> Careful what scat you're collecting <clears throat> up there. There's a lot of poops. A lot of poop. Let me talk to you about Palace's cat so you know about it. I'm ready. We're going to talk about it as a as a species. It is Otocolobus. <laughs> <laughs> Otocolobus manual, M-A-N-U-L, and it's from Greek origins, mm-hmm. and it means ugly-eared. What? Which oh, is rude. That's just rude. It is. It's also known as the manual, M-A-N-U-L, however you say that. Manuel. It is a small wild cat. It has long and dense light gray fur. Mm-hmm. The ears are rounded, and they are set low on the head, which doesn't make it ugly. Yeah. Hello. Um, the head-to-body length ranges from... 18 to 26 inches mm. with 8 to 12 inch long bushy tail. Bushy. It is so bushy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the coloring helps it camouflage and adapt to the cold climates in its native range, which I'll talk about in a minute. It also has rounded rather than like vertical slit pupils. Oh, oh yeah. That's kind of what makes it look Maybe a that's little. Why, yeah. yeah. So that's very unique among small cats. It's similar in size to a domestic cat, but it looks bigger because it's stocky and it's got that thick floof coat Mm -hmm. um, and that helps it stay warm. It's like if you took a raccoon (laughs) and gave it a cat face, but like you weren't really sure about what cats look like. Right. I think this is a second graders drawing of a raccoon cat. Because you could just draw like a big circle with a bushy tail and like a round head. I just keep going back to this picture. It's great. It's great. So the fur on its belly is more thick to protect it from the snow when it's stalking prey. Because it's pretty like, it's kind of a low rider. Yeah. And the fur can change color depending on the season. So in the winter, it's more frosted gray. And in the spring, it's more gray or reddish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can see in this one picture has some dark on the chesty part has like a, a dark thing. It looks like it's not wintry. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. So it was first described in 1776. <laughs> a very. So by Peter Simon Paulus, hence Paulus's cat. Oh, so that guy saw it in the vicinity of Lake Baikal. I don't oh, know. Lake Baikal. 
We did an episode on Lake Baikal. Oh, that's your lake, yeah, Lake Baikal. Uh, in Russia. Well, it's like, um, why can't I think of where that is? But it's not, I mean, it's Russia now, but yeah. it wasn't at the time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Probably not in 1776. Uh, no. No, no. Okay, so yeah, there. You're Siberia, the famous Siberia. Lake yeah. Baikal. In the early 19th century, it was reported to occur in Tibet. And in the Trans-Caspian region. Cool. Because we all know where that is. Totally. A thousand percent. And in the early 20th century. So finding it at different times in different places. It's been recorded uh, more recently across big areas like the Caucasus. The Caucasus? Which we had to look up because I was like, where is that? <laughs> where is it again? Megan? East, Eastern Europe. It's like, uh, yeah, near the Caspian Sea. The Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. Okay, so, there you go. You didn't know that because you, you Googled I it. I didn't. But... but I know that the I remember the term the Caucasus. The Caucasus. Because it's a fun word to say. It is fun. Uh, Iranian Plateau, Hindu Kush, and parts of the Himalayas. Tibetan Plateau, Altai Cyan region, and the South Siberian Mountains. In really cold places. Super cold. It sounds all very cold. They like rocky um, areas, grasslands, shrublands, shrublands, <laughs> where snow cover is below uh, six to eight inches. Oh. So not too crazy. And they also like fuzzy blankets. They are like a fuzzy blanket. They do look like a fuzzy blanket. They find shelter in rock crevices and burrows, and they prey on rodents, apparently. Weasels. Weasels. Oh, yeah. There you go. So the female will give birth to between two to six kittens in the oh. spring. The kittens. Stop it. Look up pictures of the kittens, you I'm guys. Really, it's Just... so cute. So they also can occur west of the Caspian Sea through Pakistan and northern India to China and Mongolia. Pretty crazy. So they're kind of like really spread out. And so they say, you know, because of this widespread range and assumed large population, it's listed as least concern on the IUCN red list mm. since 2020. Some population units, they say, though, are threatened by poaching, probably because... Why would someone want to poach them? Their fur, maybe? And also, they say their prey base declined due to rodent control pro uh, programs. Oh, also, habitat fragmentation, of right, course, right, right. Uh, as a result of mining and infrastructure projects. It's been kept in zoos since the 1950s, so maybe some people have seen them in zoos. As of 2018, there's 60 zoos in Europe, Russia, North America, and Japan that have um, captive breeding programs. Oh. A little about them and their hunting, because this is kind of cute. They are secretive and solitary. Makes sense, because kitty cats. They move slowly but purposely. Everything I'm going to read is basically your cat that's yeah. staring at you right now. Yes. Or looking at you with like their eyes half open. Just like. Just judging. So much judging. Right. So, okay. So they move slowly and purposely and conceal themselves within their environments, blending into the background. So they're mainly crepuscular, mm -hmm. which Megan had to explain to me <laughs> that they're usually active at dawn and dusk. Yeah. Um, I was like, what's that word? Anyway, sorry. I grew up in they Oklahoma. Have, we don't know these a, things. They have the zoomies, just like your cats have zoomies. They get zoomies at yeah, those it, certain times. But they're also active during the day. In the daytime, they um, shelter in rocks, like I said, small caves. And the most common place being the abandoned burrows of marmots. Oh, interesting. That they murder first, right? Probably. The males occupy large territories, like larger than the females. Both males and females scent mark their territory. They just like pee pee on the sides of trees and stuff. Typical cats, right? Yeah, cats. They're uh, good predators. They hunt by stalking and ambushing prey. Hey, hey, hey. 
put a bell on them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sometimes they wait at the entrances of burrows to pounce. Cute. They're um, polygamous. Oh, oh yeah. They yeah. just like just like when male, yeah, with males mating with several females during a mating season. The male follows a female for several days, and then you hear it. <laughs> uh, I wonder if it sounds just like regular cats. I'm sure it has just to, to scream. Yeah. And but you're like, good God, imagine like... Maybe it's like just slightly less enthusiastic. Right? Like just a little bit bored, but also still screaming. Right. Just not as insane. Yeah. So the kitten, so I told you they have two to two, six, two, oh, two three to six, to six yeah. three to six. And uh, the gestation is nine to 10 weeks. And the kittens usually stay in the den until they're two months old, at which time molting takes place and they grow mm. an adult coat, which is adorable at three to four months of age they follow their mother to forage and social mother kitten groups and then they disperse when they're about five four to five months old oh that's kind of neat so mm -hmm. it's like other mothers and other kittens all hanging out together i guess so i dig it that's like a like big co-parenting i feel like that's like, like kind sister of a, wives right that feels like kind of a big cat thing to do like i feel like little our little cat like house cats like stray cats don't mm -hmm. really mother kittens all together you know yeah but yeah, that seems like a very big cat, like liony type thing to do. Yeah. Just a bunch of moms and just hanging. Bebes. Right. So their population numbers, according to the IUCN, is approximately 58,000 mature hmm. individuals. So you're saying that I could have one? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Can you imagine that it would just be, they look so chill, but they're just like attack your face. Just murdered. <laughs> just murder you. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, you know, there's some fun facts. Why not? Yeah. When Pallas first described his cat, he mistakenly suggested it was the domestic Persian cat's ancestor, which I love that so much um, because Very of its great. like long fur the long and the fur, flat yeah. kind of flat face. They yeah. do kind of have that, but bit. they don't have those big eyes like not a Persian. The crazy Persian. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about Persians that I'm not a big fan of the whole thing. Like, so their eyes are always like big and, and crusty. Yeah. They always have crust. And yeah. And I feel like also. I mean, they're pretty cats. They're don't get nice me wrong. to look at. Yeah. And I don't like the the when they have the smushy nose. I don't like it. I like if you have a Persian cat that like must have been bred with something else. Uh -huh. so it's like still the long fur. Right. The only downside about long fur cats that I think personally is the hairballs. The hairballs. I can't. Yeah. I can't with the hairballs. Yeah. I mean, I love all cats. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's the a crusty eye thing. Not it's, into it's it. Something. All right. Uh, another fun fact is, despite being small, Palace's cats are aggressive. Similar to their much bigger kitty cats. The so they're cats. like they're like tiny lions. Tiny lions. They say the kittens will growl even before they're able to open their eyes. <gasps> they're like, don't F with me. They are poor runners due to their compact <laughs> bodies. Listen, <laughs> I understand. Don't judge. That's Listen, I have a shorty dog. Listen. He's, he's a little he's a little I'm rider. a little bit compact. Sure. Like I still try to run. It's you know, it's we try. Rather than run away from danger when pursued, they seek refuge in small like caves and stuff. Oh. So that's how they get out of that one. I'm, I'm I understand that. Another one is that they growl or yelp when excited and sound like a small dog. And they purr. They can purr. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad they can purr. I so they're like growly, angry, gonna murder you, but they can purr. So also, that's that whole thing about like shaped like a friend. Why is it not a friend? <laughs> exactly. Like, looks like a friend, but not. But not. Yeah. 
And also it says they look larger and heavier because of their, I kind of talked about this, thick coats and stocky builds, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but they're actually just like your regular house cat. That was another fun fact that I already actually talked about, but that's great. Yeah. So there you go, guys. I kind of love love them. We love finding new species and places where, yeah, like go science. You guys are doing it. And it's like those palace cats are like, we have been here forever. They're like, we've always been here. Like, how are there just two? There's not just two. There's not. There's no way. I think that when you find a cat out in the wild, okay, we're talking about like feral cat, any kind of cat. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you see two, it's like cockroaches in your house, right? (laughs) Yeah, there's 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 more. There's a whole colony. Oh, for sure. Back up in that forest. They're all like hidden in... If you if it in like the rocks. it's like one of those Scooby Doo when it's like <laughs> it's like dark out and you'll yes. see all the glowing eyes. Yeah, that's them. That's them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I I feel like cats don't have a problem with mating and having kittens. No, nope. regularly. Yeah, I mean, but I just love thinking about all these like little wild cats that are out there. Not just floofy, just so fluffy and, and like they're just you know it's like you have your cat here mm-hmm. in your house. So many. Yeah, so many. I just have my one. So annoying. But yeah, there's times I can't find him. Yeah. He's in a crevasse somewhere. Oh, sure. I definitely have got, I like run through the house in a panic. Like, did somebody get out? You know, like what's, where are in the That's when you got to shake the treats. Yes. That's all you got to do. I just got to shake the treats and he comes bounding from anywhere. No fail. So I have to hide my cats. Uh, when I have like maintenance and stuff like <laughs> right. done at my house. And so I always, that's how I hide them. Like, just, yeah. Yeah. Just do, that's the, that's the call yeah. of the wild. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my nature nugget this week. You guys go check it out. That's great. I would, you know, maybe in my dreams, love to have a palace cat. They're, they're super cute. It is really cute. I think that they're judging domesticated cats. I think that's who they're really judging. Probably. They're like, you guys, you losers. Lame. Anyway, thank you so much, Jen. That was great. And until next time. Don't die out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.